I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm coaching Amber, who called because she's been suffering since the end of the year with some pretty crappy... No pun intended, digestive issues. And it's become more than a struggle with that. So in order to try to solve these digestive issues, she has tried various elimination diets. And now it's been months of her sort of not being very successful with having elimination diets and having like little wins and then she'd fall back and it wouldn't work. And she hasn't she doesn't have an answer yet but at this point she is so frustrated and has been restricted for so long she's now finding herself overeating and almost binging on foods that she knows are bad and she knows make it worse but is frustrated because she doesn't know how to stop at this point cuz she's so tired of the whole thing so it's sort of heartbreaking when you like hear about it because i mean she has these issues and also she's been trying to deal with these issues she's been very good about it but it's you know, she's exhausted and it's a horrible way to live to have eliminate everything till you find an answer and then try to add it back. So she called asking how she can stick with her elimination diet. And it ends up being a conversation less about that because I'm not so concerned because she shouldn't have to stick with it so long. What she really needs to do is solve the problem, like figure out what exactly is causing her digestive issues. And so this ends up being a exploration of how to troubleshoot stomach problems. And I know this is super common. Like it's actually, it's one of those things that I I have a blog post on Summer Tomato about this that I'll, I'll link in the show notes. But it's like one of my most popular posts of all time. It just gets tons of traffic and no one shares it. <laughs> it's really funny. And so I know a lot of people have this problem, but a lot of people are embarrassed of it and, and don't necessarily want to talk about it. But I have no shame. I want to help. So here we are talking about digestive issues. Also, if you would like to be a guest on the show, I would love to talk to you, whether you want to share a success story that you've had, something that you feel like is a great win in your health style, or if you would like to be coached on the show and get some help with one of your own personal issues, go to summertomato.com slash podcast and fill out the form and let us know what you want to talk about. We would love to hear from you. And we're always looking for interesting guests for the show. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hi, Amber. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. How can I help you today? Well, um, I am having trouble sticking with an elimination diet that I think I need to do for my health. I had some uh, digestive issues over the last several months. So they're new? They're, they're somewhat new and they um, indicate to me that I might have something like IBS or something similar. It started with some kind of some bloating and uh, abdominal distension, um, particularly in the evening, like around, you know, after dinner. And um, I started noticing that probably around um, December or January. And then, um, at the end of February, all of a sudden, I developed chronic heartburn. 
And um, it's the kind that just stuck around 24-7. <laughs> it was quite miserable. That sounds and horrible. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And how old are you, may I ask? I am 36. Okay. So you shouldn't really be having these problems yet. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't eating horribly. I had an okay diet, but I definitely was um, having some trouble with overeating or um, having sugar too often, that kind of thing. So it wasn't a great diet, but it wasn't bad either. Um, but I think my diet probably had at least something to do with developing this. Okay. So you think it's food related? I think it's food related. And so that's why I figured probably diet was the way to get back out of it. <laughs> sure. So you tried, so you're thinking that you might have some sensitivity to some particular food that you developed recently and right. that it's causing these two very annoying problems. Yes. yes. Okay. And, and you, and you decided to start an elimination diet to try to figure out what that was. Exactly. I started with, uh, just eliminating grains and dairy. Okay. Um, because I, I, I knew I had some sensitivity to dairy. Um, I continued to eat it anyway, but <laughs> kind of cut back. And um, when, once the heartburn started, I was really motivated to try to change things. Sure. Um, so I, I cut out dairy completely and I cut out grains because I just had been, you know, looking online and a lot of people seem to think that that helps. So I did that for four weeks and it helped somewhat but it didn't resolve anything completely okay so um i was doing more research online and came across um the low fodmap diet and i thought that might be helpful uh, i tried that for a couple of weeks and in the meantime i was able to get in to see my doctor and she ran a few tests and just you know prescribed an antacids to me and that was about it and referred so me to So helpful. A, yeah, I know. I was like, thanks. Um, can, I, can I have you clarify what you were doing on your low FODMAP diet? Because I don't think everybody knows what that is. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, of course. Uh, so the low FODMAP diet, it was developed by some researchers in Australia. And it's basically the idea is FODMAPs are these types of sugars that are not easily digestible. And some people ha are more sensitive to them than others. And so what foods are they in? They are in lots of different foods, unfortunately. Yeah. One of the big, big ones is lactose, and that makes sense. There's uh, these fructans that are in things like onions and garlic and wheat and things related in that family. It's so brutal. It's like everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I love onions and garlic. It's been really hard to get rid of those. If you have too much fructose, that can be a problem. So there are certain fruits that are too high in fructose. Like which ones? Like uh, peaches and cherries and plums. Oh, man. I mean. Like all that's in season right now. Yes. <laughs> like everything I love to eat. So watermelon is one of my favorite foods. I can't have watermelon. <laughs> okay. Uh, things like that. This is no fun. No fun. And then um, other things that are high in FODMAPs that are really hard to eliminate are, um, for me anyway, are uh, avocados, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, you know, just lots of things that are actually really good for you normally. Right. So you're allowed to eat like steamed chicken. Yeah. I mean, meats and fats are fine. <laughs> so I have that going for me. Um, I can't have any beans or legumes other than peanuts. Okay. So this sucks. It's a um, pretty restrictive diet. It's not as horrible as it seemed at first when I was reading it. 
it seemed quite overwhelming, but I decided to give it a go. And I, I did it for a few weeks. The first week was kind of hard to get into it, but once I got into it, I, I did it really well for a solid three weeks. They say to try it for like two to six weeks. Okay. And once, once your symptoms, they don't have to be completely eliminated, but they need to be down to a certain level where you can then start testing the different food groups to see whether you're sure. sensitive to them or not. So the idea is to eliminate all the FODMAPs completely for several weeks. Get your symptoms to zero and then add them back. Yeah, that's the sort of how elimination diets work. Exactly. Yes. So that was, that was kind of what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> I made it about three weeks and then I felt like I was probably okay to start testing. So your symptoms were reduced dramatically? They were, they were reduced quite a bit. And um, the heartburn got better, but it wasn't great. And um, I was on antacids for a few weeks. And then I noticed that the antacids actually started making me feel worse every time I took them. So I went off of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh. And so it did get a little bit better, but it wasn't, it was still there. Um, okay. The bloating though did get better. Okay. What were you mainly eating? Do you mind expounding on that a little? All greens are low in FODMAP. So I had a lot of greens, um, a lot of salad, a lot of spinach and kale. Okay. And then carrots are okay. So I had a lot of carrots. And um, there, there are other kind of vegetables that you can have, um, the trick is that you can have like a small amount, but if you have too much at one sitting, then it can cause symptoms. But if you have just a small amount, it's okay. Okay. So that was kind of part of the stress for me as well as just, I, I'm not used to having to kind of quantify my food. I don't usually measure or weigh anything. Yeah. Were you really hungry? Sometimes. Yeah. It was, I kind of had to just keep eating more salad or more meat. I ended up eating more meat than I normally do just because it was yeah. safe. <laughs> I don't know how else you get full. You're like not allowed to eat anything that's filling. Right. Yeah. So I had a lot of eggs and a lot of chicken and <laughs> I can have small amounts of certain fruits. So, I, you know, I'd have a handful of blueberries or raspberries, um, things like that were okay. Strawberries. So luckily those are in season when this was all happening. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was restrictive, but it, but it was doable for a short term. Okay. Once I hit about three weeks, I decided, you know, I want to start adding things back in. I really want to start testing because the testing phase takes several weeks. Sure. Because you can only test one at a time. And in the meantime, you have to keep all the other, all the other FODMAPs out. So I started testing, but then I realized it wasn't really working. I still couldn't really quite tell if that, it was being triggered by something that I was testing or if it was something else. So you were still having symptoms? I was still having symptoms. They were better, but they were there. Is it the type of thing where you eat them and like within half an hour you're in pain or is it within 24 hours or something? Is it harder to sort of pinpoint? Well, that was another reason I was struggling is because all the guides are saying it could, the symptoms could show up anytime within 36 hours after you eat it. Okay. I'm like, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> and so it just kind of varies depending on the person. Okay. I've since discovered as I've been doing this more and more um, and kind of playing with my diet that I think I, I react within an hour or two, I think. Okay. So, but that's something I kind of had to figure out after experimenting for 
of a couple of months. So I'm lucky, I think, that, you know, I have kind of a quicker reaction. and That's probably easier to figure out than someone who has to wait three days. <laughs> right. At that time, um, I hadn't quite figured that that part out that I react quickly. And so I was, I was just confused. I couldn't, I couldn't tell if I was reacting to something that I was testing or not. Um, and I was getting quite frustrated. And then, um, there was also kind of some inaccurate information out there about FODMAPs. And I had been doing some more research on them and realized that bananas can be high in FODMAPs. And I had been eating a banana every day. <laughs> mm for, you know, a couple of months, because it was one of the things I thought was safe. And so I would have some banana and peanut butter, because it's like one of my favorite snacks. So at that point, once I figured that out, I, uh, I kind of just threw up my hands and was like, I'm done with this for a while, I need a break. Um, it was just taking too much of a mental toll. So I said, okay, I'm just gonna stop for a couple weeks and go back to no grains, no dairy, because that seemed to be okay. It helped me a little bit. And it's just so much easier to do <laughs> sure. for me than having all these little nuanced things um, with the FODMAP diet. So I went back to that. But within a week or so, the bloating and distension got worse. I kind of said to myself, I, I think I really need to try this low FODMAP thing one more time. And just now that I kind of understand it a little bit better and kind of have some go-to recipes, I can... <laughs> I can cook up and that kind of thing. I think it will be easier the second time around. So I'm going to do it again and I'm going to be really strict about it this time. And maybe I'll only have to do it for two weeks and then I can start testing because I kind of now understand um, what to look for, what symptoms to look for in myself. And I was, I was getting better at kind of figuring out what was triggering symptoms. Sure. So, you know, I was kind of all gung ho about it and ready to go. And then um, every day that I would, start it I'd be great in the morning and then by the afternoon or evening I'm just like can't stop eating I just eat way past the point of being full hmm. and I had had a problem with that before but not not this bad it was every once in a while I would overeat but um I was never really a super mindful eater anyway and I probably ate too fast but I was trying really hard to slow down and to like chew a lot too thoroughly and all that stuff. And um, when I was doing these elimination diets, I was really also trying to work on, you know, other things that help digestion like that, like slowing down and being mindful. Yeah. And, um, and I think that was helping. But once I got to this point of stress where I just... I was trying to start it over again, but I was really stressed out about it. I just, I felt part of me just really rebelling. I just, I felt like there was this like inner toddler coming out and just mm -hmm. like, no, I don't want to. I want to eat whatever I want to eat. And I don't want to, I don't want to eliminate avocados anymore. And I, you know, right. And so I would like sneak a little bite of, you know, my husband makes this amazing guacamole and he made it once. And I was like, I'm just going to have a little bit. And then a little bit turned into a whole bunch, you know, and then, and then once that started, I kind of just like broke the floodgates and I ate some chocolate and then, you know, I just kept eating and eating and eating, even though I was full, I just kept eating. We call that the what the hell effect. Yeah, exactly. It was the what the hell effect. Because you're exactly. like, well, my stomach's already screwed. Yes. And I find myself doing that 
a lot now. Um, once once symptoms are triggered and I have the the bloating, the distension starting, I'm like, well, it's already there. I might as well eat what I want to eat. <laughs> and mm. so, you know, and it's it's starting to turn into um, grabbing like brownies and cookies at the store. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not going to help. <laughs> or like half a bag of chips, you know, it's like, no, I know all this stuff is, even if I didn't have IBS or whatever's going on with me, that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> right. You know, and um, I don't know. I think I just tired of the restriction and I got to find a way to get back to figuring these digestive issues out. Yeah. Without uh, sabotaging myself all the time. Well, I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, you've been doing this for months and and it sounds to me like the crucial problem is that you don't, you still don't have an answer. Yes. Like if you knew that it was just onions or like just avocados or just bananas or whatever thing that was, or, you know, or even some category nightshades or whatever people have their things. Right. If you could just pinpoint what it was, it would be easy to just eliminate that one thing because you would have a very strong motivation. But it sounds like you tried a lot of things and it was always kind of in and out and not really quite resolved, but not really maybe slightly better, but maybe not. Yeah. And when you don't have that, like when you don't have that feedback that tells you, absolutely, I regret eating that one specific thing then sticking with it requires sticking with the generic don't eat all this stuff because it's bad is too hard for, I mean, you've been doing this for three or four months. Yes. I mean, you had, I mean, when you started breaking down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was, I was in it for a couple of months at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. Right. (laughs) Nobody can do that for some vague promise that isn't working. Yes. It's the same reason, by, why, by the way, why people can't lose weight long-term by restrictive dieting, because functional weight loss goes slowly. And if you're using willpower, then it, you don't have a good reason to stick with it for long enough. It's just too hard. It takes too much willpower. Right. Okay. But that doesn't help you. Okay. Yeah. So you, you kind of dabbled in this. My first thought when you started talking was had well had you tried chewing and it sounds like you have been trying chewing did you try chewing without an elimination diet when i first started doing the just kind of it was kind of a paleo-ish diet the the eliminating the grains and and dairy mm-hmm. um because i also eliminated beans at that point and so it was it was pretty close to paleo but anyway when i did that i also was trying to incorporate the kind of slower um eating you know i would i would take five breaths before i start and i would you know, chew as thoroughly as I could and tried to follow all those steps. Um, and then I, I feel like I just kind of dropped that after a while. I was so motivated in the beginning that it was easy for me to take on all these things right. and change all these behaviors. But then after I didn't get the results I was expecting, I, I thought it, I thought by the end of the four weeks or so, I would feel great and everything would be better. And Maybe I wouldn't be able to go back to eating exactly the way I was before, but I was okay with that. I didn't think I'd have to do all these different restrictions and things. And so when I saw that it wasn't working like I thought or as quickly as I thought, I got really discouraged and I think I just let things slide at that point. So now I feel like I'm not as mindful about, 
I try to remember to chew at least <laughs> to chew more, um, especially when I'm eating meat because I feel like that makes a difference in my yeah, digestion. Meat and vegetables, yeah, really need to be chewed. Yeah, the greens too. Yeah, I, I really have to um, remind myself sometimes to not, you know, to make sure that that's really thoroughly digested because it seems to make a difference. Yeah, there for me, there's yeah. like nothing that will guarantee a stomach ache. Well. The only exception is like a latte, but right. <laughs> but nothing will guarantee a stomach ache quite like wolfing down a salad. Yes. Yeah. Without chewing it. Cause it just, you're probably, like when you think about it, it's like that, like giant pieces of like cellulose and undigested vegetable, raw vegetable honks, just like hit your stomach and then goes into your straight into your intestine and your intestines like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? And so the bacteria in there just be like, I know what to do with it. We'll, we'll handle it. <laughs> yeah. And it just, all it does is just produce like massive amounts of gas and it's really uncomfortable. And blo- that's what the bloating and distension is. It's interesting too, because the distension will start at, in my upper abdomen. Mm-hmm. Like kind of, I'm assuming. Uh, your stomach area. The stomach area. And then it'll kind of move down a little bit slowly over time to, to like lower down in my abdomen. Um, yeah, it's it's really really weird feeling. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So chewing is really it's one of those things that no matter what, it's going to make mm-hmm. it worse. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like no matter what you're sensitive to, right? So while yes, it can be frustrating, and there's there's no like there's no reason that chewing ever wouldn't help. Unlike mm-hmm. there may maybe totally no reason to avoid bananas. Right. <laughs> so, so it's so maybe one of the things to yeah make sure you hold on to. Okay. Yeah, I think that's an important piece that I let slide. <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask you is if you've experimented with probiotics at all. Um, I did for a little bit. I think part of my problem also is I do a lot of research on the internet. I'm kind of one of those people who like to Google everything, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of conflicting things out there about um, these types of symptoms. Some say you really need probiotics. Um, they're going to help rebalance the microbiota. And some are saying, actually, in these types of cases, you don't want to add probiotics because it's just going to, um, it's just going to add more bacteria and make, make this like giant overgrowth of bacteria in your intestines. Even though they're good bacteria, if you have too many of them in the wrong places, that's bad. So I got confused. So in the beginning, I was, I took some probiotic supplements and I was also eating probiotic type foods, lots of, you know, sauerkraut and mm-hmm. pickles and anything I could find that was naturally fermented. Um, I even got into some like beet kvass. I don't know if anyone's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I love it. It's really good. Yeah, it's really I was, good. I was surprised, but I had read that that was going to be that was good for your intestines, so I tried it out and it was really yummy. But then I found when I did the low FODMAP diet, beets are high in FODMAPs, and so I had to cut that out. Right. You know. So it's it's kind of back and forth. So I don't I I feel like maybe I should experiment with adding them again, but it, I was just confused about it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now it's understandable. Uh just a quick my two cents on, on probiotics. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple things to think about. It's difficult and it's frustrating because mm-hmm. like you're experiencing, sometimes it can take months to adjust. So two weeks of probiotics is not going to do it really anything right. probably. Okay. I mean, yeah. maybe 
you know, if you really, if it's really, really your issue, you know, might, mm-hmm. you might react quickly, but to actually completely adjust your microbiome, like that takes four to six months. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, and then even if you find the right combination that, that's working for you, you have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I like, it's easy. For, it's really easy to forget. Cause like not everybody's serving you probiotics at dinner. Right. right. Like <laughs> it's not like on every menu yet. So, I mean, and I personally, I like to get it from food. Like I like to eat mm-hmm. kimchi and sauerkraut and that stuff. And so I, I like, I'm to the point like, so by the way, I used to have really bad digestive problems, like since I was a oh. baby and like all through high school, like my parents were taking me to specialists to try to figure it out. And well, I mean, eventually I, I realized I am sensitive to dairy. So that was a big one. But I still, even after that, like I, I felt like I was sensitive to cruciferous vegetables. So broccoli, mm. cauliflower, cabbage, like stuff like that. Yeah. And I would just react really strongly. And, and I was not like hallucinating. <laughs> like it, like was, it was definitely those foods and it was definitely an immediate reaction. And the way I felt like I'm not going to not eat those things. Like those are the healthiest things you can eat. Right. And so eventually right. I figured it out. Well, first of all, just eating them regularly, my body eventually adapted to them. But also if I don't eat probiotics foods regularly, the, the symptoms will come back especially if I'm not chewing well. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, I think I I got to a good place eventually. And that took years really of like refining that, you know, sort of what comes in, like how, how often I eat it, like how I chew it, how often I, you know, and figuring that out, like the volume I can eat and I built up and now I can eat pretty much anything comfortably. But if I don't regularly eat fermented foods, I will get, I will start feeling stomach issues and digestive issues in general. And so, but the other thing is that not everybody needs the same probiotics. Mm-hmm. So just because kimchi and sauerkraut works for me, it doesn't necessarily mean it would work for you. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you have to, it's tough, like I said, because like you want to like give it a chance. Right. But it's hard because so you have to like stick with something for a long time and it might mm-hmm. not work. <laughs> but the good thing about probiotics is that, I mean, I mean, especially if you find a, like a, a supplement form rather than a food form, like that can be something you can just do like in the background. Right. I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the FODMAP research in a while and I kind of wish I had. before talking to you i'm not even like i'm not sure how scientifically valid that whole diet is like i don't know if it really helps people or if it's a placebo effect yeah you can you can generally assume that 30 percent of people are going to benefit from anything because that's the placebo effect right so you know a testimony on the internet i don't know how i don't know if that's all it's got going on or if there's actually some science I guess there are some studies from what I've read, um, but I don't know how many and how rigorous those studies are. You know, diet research is pretty tough to do anyway. So right. as far as, you know, eliminating all the, all the factors that go into it. So I think there's some science behind it, but I don't know how robust that science is. Yeah, I feel like I read something that it didn't help most people. Yeah. But, but it kind of doesn't matter if it helps you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have noticed a bit of a difference, but I don't like the idea of unnecessarily eliminating things. Um, and I had been reading also that there are some, some 
gastroenterologists um, recommend the FODMAP diet, but they want to make sure people don't stay on it for too long because it can cause problems of its own because you're not feeding the bacteria in your, um, in your right. gut the way right. you should be. Because um, most of the foods that you eliminate are the foods that the bacteria like to feed off of. That's kind of the point. But, you know, you're also starving the good bacteria when you're starving the bad. Right. Yeah. You've been messing around with this stuff for a while. Do you have any leads? I do. Um, just actually just recently, it's kind of funny because, um, I went on vacation last week and I was really stressed out about how I'm going to do this diet while I'm on vacation, but I was staying at my cousin's house and we cooked the whole time. We didn't go out. And so it was really actually easy for me to stick with it Mm. while I was there because I had told my whole family about this what's going on. And they're asking me all these questions about the diet. And so then they were all like, Oh, can you eat this? Oh, let's make sure we have something for Amber to eat. You know, let's make sure we have something that you can eat. And so I, um, found it easy because I, I didn't want to like deviate from the diet in front of them. (laughs) Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Yeah. But so I had a solid, um, four or five days when I was really strictly on the low FODMAP thing. And um, for the last like three of those days, I had no symptoms. Zero. Pretty much zero from what I can remember. Okay. And that was kind of, I think that was the first time I had more than two, more than one day in a row with no symptoms. Interesting. Yeah. So that gave me a clue. Okay. Something about this is working for me. And then when I got home, I went off the rails again. <laughs> you ate a bunch of brownies. <laughs> yeah, I, I grabbed some cookies and stuff. When well, I that's was actually a shopping. really good sign, though, because that means you can get it under control quickly. Yeah. And if that's true, that means you can do a real test. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking is it may actually work for me. And I, I am also, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I am sensitive to um, fructans, which is the um, sugar that's in um, onions and garlic and wheat, which is really unfortunate for me. But I, I have always been somewhat sensitive to onions. And so I think that that's probably a good bet, mm-hmm. um, that and the lactose. Mm-hmm. And I considered just eliminating those two and adding all the other ones back in <laughs> and seeing how I do, because that would be a lot easier for me. But I just, I don't. I don't know if I should do that or if I should stick with the strict elimination and then do the testing before I try adding anything back. Yeah. Well, three days isn't that bad or whatever it was, five days. Right. I mean, you, it, it's like one of those things where, I mean, you want to get this solved. Like, mm-hmm. You're miserable. Yes. <laughs> and also now you feel guilty every time. You know, there's a whole, you've, you've started another problem. You've started like the dieter mentality problem on yes. top of this. but like. I'm not too like we could talk about that, but there's like I've done a million shows on that <laughs> topic and and yeah. I have a feeling that if you resolve your digestive issues, you're not going to have the same reaction to food anymore. Like you'll I'm not too worried about you on that. That's what I'm hoping because I, I feel like I'm creating this like not like a full blown disorder, but I feel like I'm creating this thing around food that I didn't have before. <laughs> Yeah. And that's horrible. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go down that road. (laughs) Right. So let's really stay 
focused on what's important here, which is okay. so the, the issue isn't really you sticking to the thing so much as solving it so that you don't have to stick to it. So right. Yeah, I think so. And the fact that you had one glimpse of hope mm-hmm. <laughs> where <laughs> you had three days of painless digestion. Yeah. That is a great sign because that's a lead like like I was trying to get at. And it's easier to stick with something when you when you believe it. Yeah, that's true. And especially if you believe that if this doesn't work in five days, I'm done with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because then it's not working and then you can give up. Yeah. Try something else. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I think that's probably your best bet. I mean, just just and keeping in mind the whole time that the reason you're not sticking to this is that it's that you don't believe it. Mm-hmm. It's that you haven't had results, but you do have this lead. It seems worth trying, like just be very good for five days or whatever until you go a couple of days without symptoms. And then, yeah, I would start with your very first thing. Start with onions. Yeah. You know, and call them and, you know, try cooked ones and, and raw ones and. If it, if it comes straight back, boom, you're done. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> I mean, obviously you could have more sensitivities, but at least like, I mean, and, and avoiding onions sucks, but I don't think you're going to go start binging on onions. I'm not worried about that. No, I definitely won't. It's just really hard to eat in any restaurant when you're avoiding onions. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really, really hard. Yeah. But you'll figure it out. Yeah. Like that's something that like, that's a manageable problem. I can't right. eat anything anywhere is a much more nebulous <laughs> problem. Yes, <laughs> this is true. So is that what you're going to do? Yeah, I think I can. If I, I, I think it was just that I felt like, like you said, one, I just wasn't sure if anything I was doing was working. And all of a sudden it turned from what I thought was going to be a short-term problem into a much longer-term problem. Yeah. And I, I was like thinking, I just, I can't continue living this way for for, you know, years or however long it's going to take. But I think it helps you saying, you know, if I can just do it for five days or a week or whatever, that's, that's doable. And then if it's not working, I can move on. Yeah. Try, then you can try something else. But yeah, I, I agree. Like there doesn't need to be, if you, re, if you react that quickly to the mm-hmm. FODMAP thing, like if, if let's just say, that's what it is. Something yeah. in that food group, one of those dozens of foods right. that you can't eat. Uh-huh. And if if you can reliably cut it out and feel better in a couple of days and add it back and feel worse pretty much immediately, you have something to work with. Yeah. You know, and that's actually honestly, that's a way easier project than the probiotic thing. <laughs> but you know, probiotics <laughs> can be helpful. And um by the way, the one that I've found that helps the most people is called VSL3. If oh, you do okay. sort of want to look into probiotics, again, it has to be refrigerated. Yes. It's kind of a more expensive one, but people swear by it and, and I've seen people have success with it. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I think a one-week experiment sounds way more doable than a nebulous, never-ending six-month experiment. Yeah. I had tried to kind of tell myself that before and I think where I got hung up is that I keep thinking but what then when I find out what I am sensitive to obviously I'll know I need to cut that stuff out but 
I have such a hard time with cutting anything out that I'm just, I'm worried that I won't be able to stick to whatever my new diet will be long-term. You know what I mean? I can see why you would be worried about that. Yeah. However, if it's only one thing, I mean, Mm -hmm. you could maybe like, you might be able to add back grains. Yeah. If you figure out it's onions. Yeah, that would be helpful. I think you maybe you, you feel a little overwhelmed by, well, what if it's like I just have to eat like this monk for the rest of my life? I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. It's very unlikely. There's probably one thing you're sensitive to. Yeah. Or one molecule. <laughs> yeah. I, but my guess, it's probably a food. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, the what next is just keep that food out of your system. Yeah. Unless it's worth it. But like I said, I hope like, you know, it's like I, I, onions are a pain at restaurants, but you're never going to binge on onions. Like I said, yes, like that's not a thing <laughs> that I know of. There's probably one onion binger out there going like, oh, she doesn't understand my pain. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so I, I wouldn't let the fear of the future worry you now because mm-hmm. you don't if anything, you have evidence that. It's probably going to be a kind of simple fix. I'm hoping so. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> but you're doing the right thing. I mean, and, and, and you are highly motivated. I, I'm, you know, one of the issues with diets, when people are, you know, do the same sort of thing, but because they want to lose weight, mm-hmm. is that there's no, like, the, the goal is so vague. You know, it's like, I want to feel better about myself by being smaller. You know what I mean? It's it's a very, it's a very subjective and it's a moving target and it's not really something that can be solved. Yours is like super specific. I want mm-hmm. no pain when I eat. Yes. You know, so it's not, I am not worried about you having no willpower to keep yourself out of pain. That tends to be a pretty strong motivator. You got this? I think I do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, please keep me posted. I I really hope you get this resolved so that you can eat like a semi-normal person soon. Yes. (laughs) That would be wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Amber. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.